0: Your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to what day is today, Alex? Tuesday, Lacrosse Talk PM. I think it's Tuesday. I always do this. Working it a, no, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Working a day ahead, and then I come in, and then it's day of, and then I'm thinking a day behind. Red. Alex Lazary. That's Alex Lazary. He's the Milwaukee Bucks senior vice president. Senior vice president, but, but you're not. You're not how does that work?
1: So, right now, I've taken a leave of absence from the team, uh, to run for uh, to run for Senate,
0: yeah. And you're one of, is it still 10? Are we still at 10 or 11 candidates? Do you can you even keep track?
1: Uh, no, I just know we've got a great field,
0: yeah. And and <laughs> yeah, and you, that's you gotta you gotta toe that line because I, I it's it's kind of a weird thing because as you run for Senate and there's 10 other candidates, um, you know, when it comes to Across the aisle, there's a little bit of a smear campaign. You gotta do you gotta talk crap about the other guy. But when it's ten of you, you can't talk crap about ten other people that you you would never get anything productive done. I
1: yeah. I mean look, I, I I look at this race as trying not to tell voters why not to vote for somebody. I'm trying to tell them why they should vote for us. And that's kind of been the the belief of my campaign is If we can't win telling voters why to vote for us, then we don't deserve to win. And so we've been trying to run a campaign about, you know, about the issues. Um, You know, we've tried to run a campaign about, you know, why we would be the best senator. Um, and, And I think that's been why we've seen so much support and enthusiasm for our campaign is because... You know, we're telling people, hey, look, we need someone who's got a track record of having gotten things done to be able to go to Washington and accomplish things. And I think that pro-argument uh, is why we're seeing a lot of enthusiasm for our campaign.
0: All right, so before we really dive into some of these issues, um, can we get Robin Lopez back in Milwaukee? I know Brooks injured, so the wrestling matches won't be uh, part of the pregame, but man... Robin Lopez pregame wrestling uh, the opponents mascots is one of my favorite things in the NBA. Uh, you know, just some NBA talks into the senior VP. I don't think how much of a part of uh, personnel decisions are are, are you? I, I,
1: I've taken a, a complete leave. Um, you know, I I always loved the the Robin West Matthews pregame uh, wrestling routines. Um, you know, Robin, look, Robin is is a is a great player um and you can see every time he goes in for Orlando he he produces um so you know I I I, look I like our team right now um you know I know we're in the dog days of the of the season right now where I think everyone is tired um and and you know we've been dealing with COVID and injuries but I think right now we've got the best team in the NBA, um, and I would t- choose our squad over anyone. Anytime you can tell me Giannis, Drew, and Chris are going to be healthy, I feel really good about our chances of repeating.
0: Yeah, the, the last time I talked to you on the Democratic Voice podcast with uh, Democratic Party Chair here in Lacrosse, William Garcia, you know you were talking about once you, when uh, how good you are with all three healthy, and then uh, the Nuggets happened the other day.
1: <laughs> Look, you're going to have games like that in the NBA, right, where a team shoots 50-some-odd percent from three and we shoot 25% from three. Um, you, you, you do that, uh, it's going to get ugly. But, um, again, this is why I'm not as concerned about you know the games in January, right? When we hadn't won a championship, I'd sweat over every single game right now. Uh, I want to make sure that we're able to get to the playoffs healthy um, with some momentum and uh, you know, right now, I, I, again, I look at our team, and I, I just don't see a better one in the NBA when we're at full health.
0: 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, shoot me some questions. If you got questions about uh, Alex Lazary, the Senate candidate, Alex Lazary, the uh, Bucks personnel, even though he stepped away from that, I'm sure you you get some texts, and and you're in the loop. I would say still, obviously, and. And uh, along those lines too, I just you know I like to have some fun. I I make this a sports show every once in a while just because I, I want to talk, but uh, I want to talk sports all the time because I'm a former sports journalist. But uh, the the Bucks Stadium is is do you think maybe when it comes to building stadiums that that the way that that came about building that through public money that might be ending soon, or do you do you see that continuing? The idea of building a stadium. When when Ron Johnson says recently at the quick trip here in town, uh, society shouldn't pay for childcare. It shouldn't help people w- raise their children. Which which uh, took a lot of <laughs> he took a lot of heat for that. But uh, society does do this. It 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 helps build stadiums, which I don't often agree with.
1: Look, I think society you know has has a role to play in you know in how we're building our communities and how we're. Um, you know, uplifting our neighborhoods and how we're making sure that, you know, we're creating more jobs and investment um, in, in this state. And so, you know, when I look at how, you know, when I looked at those child care comments, you know, my, my first thought was we need to do things that we can do to make sure that we're helping uplift our communities. And if that means that by, you know, helping, you know, a, a parent um, with child care, so that they can go to work, so that they can, you know, provide for their families, so they can help, um, you know, produce for the economy. Um, to me, that seems like a, a, a net benefit, right? And I think what we can do with child care, what we can do with health care, you know, these are all things that can help spur the economy and spur entrepreneurship. You know, when you look at, um, you know, some of the most successful investments that have been made um, in society, it comes from, uh, you know, it, it comes from public-private partnerships, um, and I don't think that's something that we should be scared of or nervous about. Especially, you know, when you've got, um, you know, people who are looking to do the right thing. And so, for me, I, I, I look at investments in education is a way that society is helping build up our next generation. When I look at investments in um, in, in public housing. Um, in in healthcare, this is we'll, how we're taking care of society.
0: We'll do it for the Pfizer Forum then. Like you, we've we've done a public investment in the, in the Milwaukee Bucks stadium. I mean, I, I think there's there's benefit to having ver- the Bucks leaving versus the Bucks staying. I think uh, you know definitely Milwaukee's better off with the team. Well, it's in not town. even
1: just that. It's you know you look at how the, the the stadium was built, right? And this was a bipartisan piece of legislation, right? You know, signed by you know a Republican governor, Scott Walker, and, you know, voted on by Democrats and Republicans in the legislature, right? A bipartisan piece of legislation between the state, county, and city um, where we also made sure that, hey, look, this wasn't going to just be an arena deal. This was going to be a jobs deal, right? So we made sure that um, 100% of the arena that was the people who worked on it were union. We made sure that 80% of the materials that um, uh, that were used to build Pfizer form came right here from Wisconsin, right? So we we're creating jobs, raising wages, and helping grow the economy. And now we're seeing the economic impact of Pfizer form, right? I think um, the Visit Milwaukee did a study that said the Bucks championship run was an extra three million dollars a day um, in economic benefit to the state of Wisconsin. These are good things, right? Now people are coming to Wisconsin to see shows instead of going to Chicago or Minneapolis. These are net benefits to society that help grow and put you know, Wisconsin on the map in a way that it couldn't be before.
0: And I think you, you said uh, before when I talked to you, the minimum wage at the Right? Isn't it $15? So we pay a
1: $15 minimum wage, you know, and we're we're trying to be, you know, corporate leaders and we're trying to show, look, that these type of values are how you grow business. This is progressive values are good for business. And I think that's something um, that we've been able to show. And it's something that I'm proud to run on is the idea that, when you pay your workers properly, there's a reason, you know, the Bucks and Pfizer Forum has constantly been ranked one of the top places to work in Wisconsin. And that's because people are excited and happy to come to work um, because they you know they're valued and part of our family. And it's why earlier today we were visiting a, the American Union embroidery shop um, out in West Salem. Uh, because they're also doing very similar things and paying workers properly, allowing them to unionize and, and showing that these type of values are how you can build a successful business.
0: Now, can we get the price of hot dogs to like a dollar or something like that? Can we do that or not? <laughs>
1: yeah, now, now, now you're going above my pay grade.
0: <laughs> That's Alex Lazary. He's running for Senate here in Wisconsin, well, U.S. Senate, but as a Wisconsin senator, uh, running against Ron Johnson. He hopes he's got to beat, I think, 10 or 11 other people. We'll be back in a minute. All right, welcome back to La Crosstalk Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Alex Lazarie, Senior Vice President of the Milwaukee Bucks. He's also a, a Senate candidate. It's hard for me to be like, yeah, you're running for Senate. I want to talk Bucks the whole time. Uh, as Grant Bills from WKTY Ventures in here, and then we, we have to interrupt our great conversation on Milwaukee Bucks to do this, you know, politics show. But um, when it comes to being in lacrosse. Uh, if anyone wants to shoot me a text, 608-785-7914. is downtown right now in studio. When he leaves here, he's got to go somewhere to eat. So shoot me a text where Alex Lassery should go to eat in lacrosse or the area because you're headed back to Milwaukee, I would assume. So yep. you're kind of going that way. So 608-785-7914. We'll get, we'll get flooded with these, I bet. Um, all right, so I'm looking at uh, you know some of the stuff on your on your website, you know, some of your campaign issues. And I like to always bring up healthcare. And we were kind of venting about our basketball injuries <laughs> off the air. Uh, and you're, you're 35, right? Yeah. 35 years old. So in five years, you will have a lot more basketball injuries. I'll just tell you that. Um, but the the idea that, uh, you know, a lot of people have health insurance, but it's just it's a thing in case something major happens. And other than that, they just have to pay out of pocket while also paying you know, what, 200 bucks every, uh, you know, 200 bucks a paycheck, so 400 bucks a month, or, or a lot more for people with families, uh, just to have this thing in case something happens when I can't really use it. Where, what's your take on, on where we're at with healthcare and where
1: we need to be? Look, I think it's a, uh, um, I think we need to make sure that everyone has health care. Um, I think it's a national crisis with the fact that, you know, there are people who don't have health insurance. Um, I think you know, I am for universal health care, and I believe, you know, in a strong public option, right? I think that is going to be the best and most efficient and, and, and fastest way to get everyone covered. Um, You know, kind of a, you know, I think as Mayor Pete said, right, like a, a Medicare for all who want it. Um, I think that is the, the best way to go. And, look, you know, I was, I was at a small business in Oak Creek the other day, and he was talking about how he couldn't spend 100% of his time on this business and growing his business because he had to keep his other job. To make sure that he could keep healthcare. And that's something that, you know, is 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 hurting our economy. It's hurting our entrepreneurial spirit. The fact that someone has to choose between starting their business and going all out and worrying about, well, if they get sick, what are they then gonna do? Yeah. Um, and if we wanna, I think, make sure that we're spurring the economy and that we continue to make America the most entrepreneurial nation there is. Universal health care is not only a moral imperative, but it's an economic one as well. Well, what kind of
0: burden? And I'm—I I wouldn't know, but maybe you know. Small business owners have to provide healthcare for their employees. I believe, I think, I would, I would guess that as the businesses get smaller, that becomes, you know, they have less employees, but that's probably a pretty big burden on them as well, right?
1: Yeah, I think there's um, a certain cutoff on how many employees you have to before you have to um, provide health insurance. Um, It's why I think we've also seen so many people going trying to go to a part-time worker model. Because you start to really start to, in, in, you know, increase your costs when you're doing healthcare, retirement benefits and everything. Now, I think that's all something that if someone wants to work full time, they should have a good job with good benefits at a living wage. But imagine how much more, you know, a, a, a business could grow, a small business could grow if someone was able to, um, you know, have health care, um, you know, a Medicare for all they uh, for all who want it, right? A, a, a way to still have access to health care if you want to go work for a small business or if you want to go start one. Um, I think it's something that will, you know, help spur the economy um, and help grow the economy. And it's why, you know, I think, you know, where, where, where we as a party have been um, – you know, so in favor of this, and why I think we need to talk about this as you know one of the best ways we can to make sure that our economy continues to grow.
0: When you say, did you call it a public option? Is that what you called yeah. it? Yeah. So instead of me getting my insurance, health insurance through work here, I can I can f- just get rid of that and then sign on to a public. Op- can you it,
1: explain it a little bit? Yeah. So if you want to be on the public option, you can be on the public option. If you want to be um, on your employer provided health care. You can be on your employer-provided health care.
0: And what would the public option in- entail? What is that would, would I, I'm sure it could be many things, but yeah, what's your so vision of it?
1: it? My, my vision of it, again, it, it's a, it's you know as simple as it's a Medicare for all who want it, right? So okay. you, so you are getting health insurance, um, and you are you have the availability for Medicare if that's what you want. If you like the insurance that you get through your employer, or if you're a union and you want to negotiate a more robust health insurance package, that's your right. Um, but if you also want to say, "Hey, I, you know, I work for, um, you know, I work for this company, but I want, you know, I, I want to be on, you know, the public insurance and not have, you know, money taken out of my paycheck for, you know, for a, a, a different healthcare uh, health insurance," that that's your right as well.
0: Do you see if if that was a a thing? Do you see just? Millions of people flooding to that option because it's just going to be cheaper. Or the there won't be a deductible. It, it just I don't know. I don't I, know how. I it.
1: I think I think it's possible. Look, I think it's going to force health insurance companies to adapt and have to compete now with um you know with with a public option, um and I think it'll create a stronger and more efficient and effective healthcare system. Um one that. Uh, you know, is is providing health care for, for everyone. And I think that's the most important thing that we have to talk about is there is not anyone who should have to go bankrupt or who should, um, you know, should, should be scared of going to get a checkup or going to the hospital because they're worried about what that bill is going to be because they don't have insurance. Everyone should be covered um, because... Look, we, we pay for it all in the back end anyway, right? Someone goes to the emergency room without health insurance. That's our tax dollars paying for it. Um, so I think making sure that everyone has health care so that we can start getting into preventative medicine um, will make our health care system cheaper and more affordable.
0: 608 785 7914. If anyone has any suggestions for Alex Lazry, uh, somebody's saying Buzzard Billies or the Freight House Buzzard Billies is like. Right there, and the Freight House is right there, right next door here. If you want to go eat, Freight House is uh, is, is one of those. Both of those actually are just very lacrosse. Um, when it comes to uh, eating in town. Um, all right. So sticking with with uh, healthcare, and then rolling it into the NBA. Mark Cuban is a, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, the NBA team, obviously in Texas. Uh, but he's he's also a billionaire, and he's launched like an online pharmacy for generic drugs. So I I don't know if this is a great th- th- this sounds great but also like we're depending on uh, the uber rich to to get us the 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 option that I feel like the government would be better at handling if you know the government that you know wasn't bought and paid for by the pharmaceutical industry but uh, what do you what do you think of Mark Cuban's plan here to to essentially uh, if I'm going to get pharmaceuticals, I'm not going to go through my health insurance agency anymore. I'm going to go through Mark Cuban's business.
1: Yeah, look, I, I haven't read too in depth on, on his plan, so I don't want to comment too much about it. But what I do think and what I think is you know great about Mark is, look, he, he's a disruptor um, and, and he's an innovator and he's someone who's willing to um, you know push the envelope. And, and based on the idea that I know about, um, the idea that you can get generic drugs, cheaper, um, and, um, and, and more efficient and effective. I think that's something we should all want. We should all want that ability to be able to get, um, you know, this type of medicine, um, that, that can, you know, be, be life-saving and help people out, um, without having to, you know, You know, be filling out a ton of forms or being have to go through your your health insurance provider just to get something that you should be able to get over the counter. And the fact that, you know, Mark is trying to provide that kind of access, um, I'd have to look more in depth as to what this as to what it is. But the fact that he's trying to provide that kind of access, I think, is look, he's trying to disrupt the the current system and um, and make it. Easier and better for for consumers, and I think that's admirable.
0: It should be insulting, right? When if the government is trying to do do some of this stuff to, to see somebody just take over and go, "Hey, look, I'm I'm doing this as a as my own person," and it's something better than because the government doesn't negotiate with pharmaceutical. You know what I mean? Like these drug prices are look, getting the, out of control. The,
1: these are this is something that you know, I know Democrats have talked a lot about, and Republicans have pushed back on. Um, and this is why I think this election is so important because we need to be able to expand the fact that the government should be able to negotiate these drug prices. Um, and that's something that if I was in the Senate, um, I would make sure that we were doing. Um, and that would be, you know, I think we, we only need a couple more votes to be able to do that. Um, and, and and I think that would, you know, help lower prescription drug prices and help lower drug prices for everyone. And that's something that we should want to do.
0: 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. Alex Lazary in studio here. He's running for Senate. U.S. Senate in Wisconsin, looking to take out Ron Johnson. If he gets there, he's got to take out nine or ten other Democrats in a in a primary in August. Is the aug-
1: primary yep. in August? Primaries in August, generals in November.
0: Um, so we're you know not too far out. Is it? Did, but to you, does it seem like pretty far out? Because you got to do this for seven more months.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I you know just just also had a baby um, six months ago, and you know someone said to me, "The days are long, but the months are short." And that's kind of also how I feel about the campaign, right? The, the days are long. You know, you're, you're traveling all around. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're away from home. But, you know, we've been in this race for, you know, almost a year. Uh, and it's felt like it's gone by pretty quick. Um, and so I, that, I think that's probably the best example is, you know, I think that the days can feel long. Um, it, it's invigorating when you get to talk to voters and you get to travel and, and get to talk to people and see and, and really participate in different parts of the state. Um, but you know, I the the days can feel long, but it, it also feels like it flies by and August is gonna be here before we know it.
0: I feel like the nights would feel really long because you just don't sleep. <laughs> or are they really short because you don't sleep because you're taking care of a baby. I was
1: gonna say they the, the nights are short because you know you're going to bed at, you know, you know, midnight or one and waking up at, you know, five or six when the, the baby doesn't care what time you go to yeah, bed. Right. She, she's waking up when she wants to wake up and, and that's on Monday, that's on Saturday. Yeah. She doesn't care what day it is. There's no sleeping in.
0: For sure. All right, we gotta take a Breaks. All right, welcome back to talk 608-785-7914 is the Talk PM 608 785 7914 is the talking text line. Anyone's got any suggestions? Buzzer Billy's Freight House, where can Alex Lazarie go to eat after he leaves here? Uh, Alex Lazary's running for Senate in the, well, he's running for U.S. Senate. It's always a mouthful to say this. You're running for U.S. Senate in Wisconsin, looking to take Ron Johnson's seat. Uh, Ron Johnson was down at the southern border today. Meanwhile, you and Mandela Barnes in lacrosse you, you guys are running for Senate. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Is, is, Ron Johnson said some goofy stuff about society trying to take care of, of children or parents or trying to take care of parents that are trying to take care of children. Does he run to the border today? To kind of end that conversation, is, it, is this one of them things like you know what I need to change the narrative on what people are talking about me? I need to let's make a run for the border.
1: Yeah, I, I I've given up trying to figure out his campaign strategy. Um, and and right now, look, I'm not as concerned about you know Ron Johnson's campaign strategy as I am about making sure that I'm here in Wisconsin, traveling the state and talking to voters. Right, we we have an immigration crisis here in Wisconsin, but we need to be able to get visas and workers into the state, right? We need to make sure that, you know, our, our farms are able to get staff, that our seasonal restaurants are able to have the labor that they need to make sure that our, our sales staffs can have the labor that they need. Um, and so, you know, when I travel the state, And I'm talking about immigration like I'm talking about the fact that we're unable to get the labor that we need. Um, When I'm traveling the state, I'm talking about how are we going to make sure that we're raising wages and bring more jobs and investment to the state. You know, Ron Johnson does not seem to be, you know, talking about that. And that is evident in the fact that for the last 12 years, he hasn't done anything to try to bring more jobs and investment to Wisconsin. He's actively fought against it. And the only thing he's done was. Voted for a tax cut that just helped enrich him and his friends.
0: Now Ron Johnson runs to the border. He says we have an immigration crisis, and and it does. It makes sense. Wisconsin's never had a lower unemployment rate. I think it's like two point eight percent. The last numbers that came out. Uh, so there's there's not enough people. Meanwhile, we're you know we're investing in a company called Foxconn to bring jobs to Wisconsin. I don't know if they've started that yet, but uh, the we we. Uh, you know, I don't know if we needed needed to do that, especially now. But yeah, like the, the the steps that somebody has to take to come over into the United States seems like a daunting task. I have friend, I have a couple of friends uh, that that taught, that are they're immigrants, and one just got citizenship. But the steps that he had to take and the time it took for him to get citizenship just seemed incredible. Like why? Why aren't we, there should be a, 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 a easier way to, to become a citizen here or to at least be able to come work.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, my dad's an immigrant, right? My dad was, you know, came here from the Jewish quarter of Marrakesh, Morocco, um, and was able to come here because, like all immigrants, right, looking for a better life and a better opportunity. We need a 21st century immigration plan. We need to be able to um, make sure that you know, we're able to still bring in the the best and brightest and and, and people who are looking um, for, you know, the American dream. I am not, and you're never going to hear me say that, like, we just need an open border policy, right? I do not believe in that, right? We need a, a good, strong legal immigration system, but one that... Provides a pathway to citizenship for people who are here through no fault of their own and who are working hard and paying their taxes and have shown that they're good citizens. We need to not treat people who have come into the border illegally like animals and just caging them and separating them from their families. Uh, and most importantly, as you said, we need to create um, a, a, a process for citizenship so that you know people are in you know waiting. You know, decades to be able to you know to come here, um, and I think that's something that um, you know our our government and our Congress especially needs to put a priority on because we are a nation of immigrants. This is how we continue to develop and and bring in you know the the best and brightest and grow our country. Right, Where we need to continue to grow. And that's got to come from making sure that we're letting in new kinds of entrepreneurs, letting in um, people who are willing, who who want to work and, um, you know, different types of talents and and aspirations.
0: I mean, all these people that want to come to the United States want to come here because it's so great to live here, right? Like, so why not let them come here? And and give them a pathway to do so that's that's timely where they're not just in limbo for years and years.
1: Yeah, and I think look, we, we, we need to just we need to have an orderly immigration process. And you know, this is the twenty first century. This shouldn't be something that is as complicated and and slow as it is right now. Um, and so again, this doesn't mean just letting anyone in. This doesn't mean just letting everyone in who wants to be in. We need a strong legal immigration system that gives people um, a coherent process and a coherent timeline of how they know when they, you know, apply to be a citizen. That they'll know the timeline of um, when they'll hear back.
0: All right, we're speaking with Alex Lazary. He's running for U.S. Senate here in Wisconsin, looking to take over Ron Johnson's seat. Uh, he's got to beat about ten other Democrats to do that. Um, one of the one of the things on on I believe this is on your campaign page, Citizens United. Ending that is. Okay, so my analogy with ending Citizens United, I like to compare it to Roe versus Wade. So we always see uh, states like Texas go after Roe versus Wade. They go, they they create policies uh, dealing with you know banning abortions, and then those policies go to court, and eventually they end up in the Supreme Court, right? To, and then eventually trying to overturn Roe versus Wade. But we never see states enact policies that would end <laughs> Citizens United. It seems kind of uh, an odd—I don't understand why. Maybe they're apples and oranges a little bit, but we never see, oh, man, you know, Wisconsin has got this policy where businesses can't contribute to, uh, you know, campaigns, and, and now it's got to go to the Supreme Court. Uh, is that a goofy analogy or not really?
1: Um, I, I think it, it doesn't work fully because I don't—Wisconsin couldn't pass a law to affect federal elections. Um I, I I don't think that you could pass a law that said like you can't take a you know a business you know check from a business in, you know in in Illinois right I I, I don't think that'd be legal but uh, look I think
0: that's the point though right you do enact that law and then it's not legal right and then they have to take it to and the they have to take it to
1: Supreme court. court I mean look like yes Republicans have been very aggressive in how they've tried to um, you know uh, handle. Um, and prevent a woman's right to choose, um, and invading kind of that woman's choice. Um, I think when it comes to Citizens United, look, I was the first candidate in this race to take the Citizens United pledge of saying no corporate PAC money. Um, you know, I think only, you know, I think I'm one of only maybe two candidates who have never taken corporate PAC money um, in uh, in this race. And so, you know, for me, this is about how are we going to make sure that you know you let people know that. Companies aren't going to be um, buying you. And in our, in our, uh, democracy plan that we released on January 6th, you know, we said we need to increase transparency around who's donating to campaigns, making sure that these things are able to be seen right away so that you're not waiting until filing deadlines so to to see what's going on in elections, right? Like, this is something that, if Citizens United is here right now, and I think it's something that should be overturned and that we should pass federal legislation around this, but if it's here right now, we should at the very least make sure that the voters have the information on who is supporting candidates, how much they're supporting them, and let voters decide if they think it's acceptable or not.
0: So you say not all that is transparent. I think they call that the dark money, right? Yeah, that, there's just-
1: dark money that takes a you know look. Where we we release our finance reports every quarter. Um, so you know when you get to the final quarter of a race, you don't you don't know who's donating and and who's supporting what, right? And so I think. Until the primary is over, right? You don't get sometimes the the primary happens in the middle of a quarter, and so I think we need to make it so that these things become transparent much quicker um, and get posted online much quicker, so that voters um, can can have the information they need to make um, an intelligent choice on if they care that you know some uh, you know that that the U lines are you know supporting and and putting up millions of dollars for. Um, You know, Rebecca Cleefish so that we can see, you know, with Ken Griffin, you know, out of Illinois is supporting, you know, through hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, some candidate here in Wisconsin. These are the things that we should be able to see right away so that voters can make that informed choice.
0: Are, are you? Do you think if we did the NASCAR policy? You know how NASCAR puts all the ads on their cars. I don't know if you ever see this meme. Well, Mitch McConnell would have all the ads of all every uh, every corporation that's uh, sponsoring him on his on his suit coat when he goes into into the Senate to vote
1: on something. I, I – I... <laughs> 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 that, that is a it might uh, have quite a
0: long tail. Yeah, on Yeah, I was going to
1: say know. I don't. I don't know if Mitch McConnell could wear a suit big enough right. um, to <laughs> to fit all of those uh, all those stickers on.
0: Well, we saw the Build Back Better plan. I think I don't think it's going to pass now. I, I'm pretty sure it's dead. And a lot of that stuff, I wish we could pull. Like, why don't we pull this out of it and just vote on that? We we spend so much time arguing about the whole package. Where I think a, a lot of times these omnibus bills, uh, you know, we often argue and here. Why don't we just vote on them one at a time and let them pass? Because there's, there, there might not be any, uh, by, you know, there might not be any uh, negotiating that way. But at least some of the stuff will get passed. I, I, but, um, you know, we we just don't see the, the bill back better plan dies, and then we we point to Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, and those, those are the bad guys. Meanwhile, every Republican voted against it, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I think we have to do a couple things as a party. One, we have to, you know, I, I've said this, Republicans will pass a bad bill and tell you how great it is, and Democrats will pass good legislation and tell you all the stuff they didn't put in it. And we need to do a better job of telling voters, hey, look at all the great things we did, right? Since Joe Biden's year in office. He passed a COVID relief bill that made sure state and local governments didn't go bankrupt. Um, we've gotten shots in arms. We passed a historic um, infrastructure bill, the, the largest investment in our nation's infrastructure on a bipartisan basis. Um, the child care tax credit. Uh, we've made sure to pet pa- you know, we're, we're getting close to passing a, um, a, a bill that's going to ma- allow us to better compete against China. Right. Like we've done a lot of, you know, and the president's done a lot of great things. The, the stock market's been booming, um, where, you know, created the most jobs um, of, you know, by any president in their first year. So Democrats' control of government has done a lot of great things. Um, and we need to talk more about it and let voters know the good things that we've done and not just fight in the press about Joe Manchin or Kristen Cinema or what we didn't put in a piece of legislation. Let's talk about the things that we've done and then run on that, and be able to say, if you vote for us again and expand our majorities, we can do even more. Because the alternative is what Republicans just did in 2016, which was a lot of nothing and a tax cut bill that just benefited, you know, the some of our most corrupt politicians and people like Ron Johnson.
0: All right, so the, let's let's go to that. The, can we can we roll that back can we undo that tax that tax cut bill that happened in 2016 I feel like you benefited from that would you say or your fa- I, or your dad I, maybe
1: I think we should get rid of that tax bill I think that I've been against that tax bill and I thought it was a you know a a, a terrible tax bill um I would be all in favor and if I was in the Senate I would vote to repeal uh the Trump tax bill
0: what's the worst part about it can you explain it a little bit or <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, we only have 11, well, you know, about five, six minutes, so yeah, I know you can't I, explain the whole thing, but...
1: <laughs> look, I think the problem was that it was a tax bill that um, cut taxes for corporations and, um, and and some of our wealthiest people and, and didn't put more money in the pockets of, of people who needed it. And this is something that we just came out with today, um, a plan on how to put money back into people's pockets, how to put more money in people's pockets. And, you know, it's adding deductions like... Um, the the gas tax the, your gas deduction so if you're a, if you're a worker a contract worker and you have to drive 200 miles to your to your work site well you used to be able to deduct that gas mileage um, from from your taxes now you can't union dues used to be able to be deducted from your from your bill that's no longer deductible your work clothes and boots and tools if you were you know a laborer on a work site Used to be able to. Deduct well, I've experienced
0: that. this too because I work often from home, so and I used to be able of, to deduct.
1: Right when we had everyone starting to work from home, we got rid of the home tax deduction, and these are all things that I've said we need to bring back. And these are the, you know, what I've said is, look, the the best thing you can have is a good job that pays a living wage and gives you good benefits, and right now. What I think we need to do is figure out a way how are we putting more money in the pockets of people who are are middle, who are in the middle class and how do we lift people into the middle class. And our plan uh, on how to do, uh, I think, is, is one of the best ways um, to immediately infuse people with, um, with money who are working. Uh, and I think that will stem the tide of, uh, of inflation. And if we're able to create and bring more investment to America and have more things made here, we'll be able to deal with our supply chain issues as well.
0: We're speaking with Alex Lazary, He's running for U.S. Senate here in Wisconsin, trying to take Ron Johnson's seat. Um, so we mentioned Mark Cuban before, and you guys own the Bucs. Uh, you guys are taxed less than I am, <laughs> As, right? Your tax, the, the percent that comes out of your taxes, the percentage-wise, is less than the. No, no, my, I see that argument all the time.
1: I mean, look, I, I know my taxes, um, and— um, you know, I, I don't know what your tax like, rate like is. Like the bracket
0: is. Well, just go under fifty grand. And like just
1: do that. <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know we've I think it's been reported on what our what my you know what I paid in state and federal um, taxes and. Um, like
0: you're definitely going to p- be paying more, you Mark Cuban, the the, the ultra wealthy, but the percentage wise, the amount that comes out. Is, is way less than, I, than I, think there,
1: I think there are people who take advantage of whether it's you know tax deductions on whether it's you know on, on investment losses on um, you know on, on a whole plethora of things that have allowed people to lower their tax rate. sure. Um, I, I'd have to I, and so I'd have to you know look at your taxes to see what our rates are but look, this is something that I've said consistently is the wealthy need to pay their fair share. Right, With, without a doubt, you you shouldn't be able to. You know, I think the Warren Buffett rule, right? Warren Buffett shouldn't be paying a lower tax rate than right. That's than and that's secretary. what I'm saying.
0: Well, and then and, the I, idea here is it takes me about, I think it's like a hundred bucks, and I got to file in Minnesota, and Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and it probably takes me ten hours to figure out how to do my taxes. Paul Ryan was going to do this all on a on a on a note card. I'm I'm still waiting for that. Yeah, because... I
1: think I think we're, I think we're all waiting for the uh, the the. <laughs> hey, just you, know, you should be able to do your taxes on 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 one note card. But, look, I, I personally think Democrats need to stop talking as much about who we're raising taxes on, right? We've already won that argument. Yeah. The, the general public believes the wealthy need to pay their fair share. We, we've won that argument. We need to do a better job of talking about how we're going to raise wages for people. Yeah. You know, How are we going to make sure that you know we're not just talking about a $15 minimum wage, but that we're incentivizing businesses, small and large, to pay a $25 or $30 minimum wage? How do we increase unionization? Because you can kind of look at the direct, um, the, the decrease in wages can be directly attributed, I think, to our decrease in, in unions. So if we increase union participation, if we increase job training and education, um, we're going to create, um, you know, a, a, a deeper and, and more uh, skilled labor pool um, that's going to have a seat at the table and being able to negotiate their own wages.
0: By the time we get to a minimum wage that's $15 nationally, the minimum wage is going to be need to be like $22, I think. So.
1: Look, I think if we're able to increase our majorities in 2022 and we've got that opportunity in this race and and, and in a number of other races around the country, I think we can raise the minimum wage in, 2020, in 2023.
0: All right, got to wrap up. we got to take a break before we wrap up, though. So we're going to do that. Welcome back to Crosstalk PM. Well, this is the thing I read is the, uh, the government, you know, well, this is the thing you, the, the lobbyists for turbo tax, whatever company owns turbo tax, uh, they, they take money and then they, cause the IRS certainly knows what taxes I owe. Right. So why, why am I, why, why do I have to pay turbo tax and then do that on my own? Can't the IRS just go? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll take this much out, and that'll be good. Just, taxes seem so confusing, You're so annoying.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think this is something we need to make easier for you know everyone to be able to file, um, and not make it so that you need you know some high-priced tax lawyer or or anything like that to be able to like tell you what deductions you can take or the most efficient way to file your taxes. Um, and look, this also comes down to like you know, I think you know Biden and, and Democrats want we want to be able to increase. Um, uh, and beef up the IRS so that people are able to, you know, get their, you know, their tax filing done in, in an efficient and uh, an easy way. Uh, and I think that's something that we should all be in favor of.
0: I guarantee you're not sitting in your living room with a pile of papers on the floor trying to do your own taxes, right?
1: No, but that's <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, right? We need to make this easier right, exactly. and more efficient for everybody.
0: Right. That's great for you, and then not so great for people that are just <laughs> paying a hundred bucks to the TurboTax. And then when you live in Lacrosse and you work, live in Minnesota and work in Lacrosse, it's double that because you got to file in two states. This Alex Lazary, he's running for Senate here uh, in Wisconsin for U.S. Senate in Wisconsin trying to go take out Ron Johnson which I'm all about. I, just the way that Ron Johnson goes to the border and starts blasting immigration and immigration policies. The week after he gets blasted about childcare, he's trying to just change the tide a little bit about what people are talking about him uh, or why people are talking about him. Um, Alright, so on, on the, the text line, somebody said George Webb Gary told us uh, the Freight House and Buzzer Billy's. Both of both of those are like well, you could wherever you're parked right now, you could just walk over there. Um, we also have uh, about forty five other restaurants in downtown Lacrosse. So I don't know, but but Freight House might be might be your might be the best. I'm, I'm not. I can't endorse any one or the other though. So. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, wh- what's next for you? Where are you going? Are You headed somewhere else?
1: Uh, we're gonna we're gonna head to dinner, uh, and then I've got I've got to make sure I get back home. I uh, um, the campaign doesn't uh, doesn't allow me to take off on daddy duty, so I've <laughs> yeah. got uh, I, I've, I've got an early morning. Um, hopefully, nothing in the middle of the night. Where Where, where would
0: your next stop be, though? Are you gonna hit hit the town, hit the road any any time soon again? Yep.
1: I mean, we'll be in uh, Madison on Monday, Sheboygan on Thursday. Um, you know, we've got a, a pretty aggressive travel schedule going on over the next. Uh, you know, a couple months. All right. Thanks, Alex. Thanks so much.